Welcome to the Inspirations News Podcast, sponsored by Quebec's only newspaper devoted exclusively to the news of the special needs community. Tune in regularly to hear uplifting success stories, learn about resources, and gain timely advice in the area of special needs, featuring experts in various fields. Here's your host, host, Mark Bergman. So welcome to the second part of our conversation as we highlight some of our amazing social enterprises here in Montreal. A couple of weeks ago, we spoke to Dillamy Bakery. They were involved in the Purim Pay It Forward event. And so is Zara Cafe, another social enterprise here in Montreal that employs people with developmental disabilities. Joining me now, Ricky Malice, a cook at Zara Cafe. And Eve Rochman is the founder and director. And Eve, I guess we'll start with you. You guys were involved in a big way with that Purim fundraiser a couple of weeks ago. How many home intushin did you make? We made uh, 400 home intushin that were packaged by twos and put into the into the baskets. Uh, and that was just really a small portion of the home intushins we made. We, we had a big home intushin fundraising event for Zara Cafe and the Shari Zion Synagogue. And for that, we baked um, somewhere around 4,000 homentushin. Did you say 4,000 homentushin? 4,000 homentushin. I heard you right. Okay. So, uh, Ricky, you were involved in in baking some of those homentushin? Yes, I was. I was involved in either forming them or filling them. Talk to me a bit about the process. 4,000, that's a massive number. Take me through, uh, you know, the process it of is. getting out that so many homentations. It was, it, there were a lot of homentations going in and out of the oven all at once. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure. But we, we prepared, we planned the week, the weeks leading up to it. So I'd say the week before that, we took on um, making the dough. We did that in advance. And so we prepared about 105 kilograms of dough, of cookie dough, which is what you need to roll out to make the homentashin. Uh, and then really for the, the week and a half leading up to Purim, we were just roll, yeah, rolling and rolling and rolling and cutting and pinching. It was very, very, it was great. It was fun. It was actually fun when music was playing and we had, we had some volunteers help us. So it was our our staff, our, our regular staff, our job coaches, and a few extra volunteers, and uh, we got it done. Eve, take me back to the beginning of, of Zara Cafe. I know, first of all, uh, you told me before the podcast, you, you fully changed career paths, right? I did. I did. I, I was in IT, so information technology, from when I graduated from university, actually. So my first job out of university was in, in IT. And I stayed in that industry, first in the retail systems industry, and then in the academic systems. Um, uh, in academic systems uh, for about 27 years, actually. And as much as I loved working in IT, I think I call it my, I was a bit of a, my midlife crisis. I decided at around age 46, 47 years old that I, I wanted to do something different. I'd done that for a long time and I wanted a, a new challenge. So I took that on. I, I actually went back to school. I wanted to further my education. So I did a, a graduate diploma at McGill University in the management of health and social services. Okay. And, uh, and then I decided I wanted to do something with management of a, managing a social service. So why the change to health and social services? I, I, well, I wanted to do something different and I wanted to do something in, in, a, in a field where I could give back. I was looking to give back. Um, 
and it, it was it, there were a lot of sort of twists and turns that got, got me to, to get to the point of deciding I wanted to create a social enterprise that caters <laughs> and that uh, works with people with neurodiversity. There were many, many pieces to the story that got me to that point. But um, that, that going back to school, I knew I wanted to do something in the helping. And that brought you to uh, Zara Cafe, a social enterprise. By the way, tell us why Zara Cafe, why the name Zara? So Zara means seed in Hebrew. Okay. And so our mission is to make the most of, of everyone's abilities. And really, I thought of it as, well, I've always liked the letter Z. So I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to start with the letter Z. And it seemed like it, or it, it came from the idea that it, you plant a seed, right? You plant a seed and it flourishes. And that if you invest in people, they flourish. At Zara, you hire individuals with all sorts of abilities. Tell me about some of the people that make up the Zara Cafe. So, well, you, you, we have Ricky here, who's, uh, you, you've met Ricky. We have uh, another five employees that are working with us now. We had another one over the summer. So we have people that have autism spectrum disorder, um, really people like, uh, in fact, we don't even need to know or know exactly, uh, what, what their, um, abilities are, but, uh, people have different abilities. And what I've come to really appreciate is that people really can, and it's just a matter of giving them a chance. And I, I think that they do better <laughs> that probably than, than anyone can, can imagine. They're very capable. There's no need to baby anyone. There's no need to expect less. And we don't expect less. We, we work them very hard. This isn't like summer camp, right, Ricky? <laughs> it's hard. I, they work very, very hard and, and they produce. And Ricky, when, tell me like, how you started at Zara. When did you first uh, become a cook? When did you meet Eve? So my mom has known Eve for the longest time because they used to work together. So my mom heard about this from Eve. And at the end of the summer, my parents had mentioned it to me. So I started off as a volunteer for about three, four months. And then in January, I became an employee. Tell me about some of the skills that you learned as you were a volunteer. I'm sure you learned so many new things that, 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 you, that you never possibly knew before walking into uh, Zara. So Eve knows I like to bake a lot. I learned how to do like different types of baking because I typically do like sort of like the the unhealthy kind of baking like uh like brownies and cakes and those are the like best that. those are the best tasting <laughs> um so I learned how to do it in, in it like sort of in a different way per se like uh like more on the kosher level instead okay. of uh like the regular level okay. but I would argue Ricky that you're still making brown Ricky's still yeah. a brownie making uh expert we, we make here a we're known for our special uh chocolate chalva brownie with trina and Ricky has become the resident expert on that, on many of our desserts because she does love to bake, but uh, I think you could do that with your eyes closed now, right? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing. That sounds so good. Eve, can you, can you tell me a little bit, um, I'll, I'll ask you the same question, a little bit about uh, sort of Ricky's evolution from when the first time she walked into Zara Cafe up until now. Rick, would, would you agree with me, Ricky? I feel bad saying something about no, somebody it's without, okay. but um, that you were shy when you first walked in and, right. and a little bit, in, you know, closed into mm -hmm. yourself. And definitely I, I've seen you open up and feel yeah. comfortable interacting with the other employees, the, the other young, when I call them employees, let's put in mind, keep in mind, they're all young adults. So they, they're peers too. They're young adults. They're, they're all about the same age. So I've seen the ice broken in terms of your relationships with these people. 
your confidence has improved. Yep. Your competency has improved. Like we hand her something to do and she she does it with much less direction than was needed to begin with. Isn't that really the point, Eve, of, of social enterprise for, you know, there's a lot of people that are uh, that are hearing this buzzword for, for the very first time, imagine that, but it's still, you know, people are still new to the concept of social enterprise. And isn't that a, a great example of what it's all about? Yes, I think it is. It's, uh, I, I didn't know either, quite frankly, going into this. I, I, I went into this, you know, without having had any previous experience, but it, uh, I, I've learned, I myself have learned a lot over the last year and that it, it is amazing what a, a little bit of kindness and a little bit of, of, planning can can generate and the other thing that has blown me away by taking this journey in leading a social enterprise is how supportive people are about it in terms of that we, we've never had a hard time finding in fact we've had people fight to be our volunteers to help mm. us because we do have to be careful with social distancing we, we can't have as many people here as, as we would like uh, so that at, at some points I had to like, you know, direct traffic. I couldn't have all the, all the volunteers help me <laughs> as much as they wanted to. So uh, I've, I've learned that people really get behind it and uh, that you can really achieve a lot. Things started off, I guess, kind of rocky, right? You were, you were ready to go, I guess, about a year ago, right before COVID hit? That's right. And then what happened? And then COVID hit. <laughs> so we actually had three um, contracts lined up for our first month, the month of March, <laughs> mid-March. We had three gigs, if you will, uh, where we were supposed to be catering. One was like an, an art vernissage, and then there was two cocktail parties. And I laughed because one of the things, this is very funny, one of the things that um, one of the clients wanted was something called, and I'd never heard of it, a nibble board. What's a nibble board? It's like you just throw a bunch of food on a table and everybody puts their hands all over it and, and grabs food from the table. Oh, that so sounds safe. Funny. So a nibble board that we were, we were hired to do that. Yeah. That's yeah. like, who would ever do that again? <laughs> um, and then I remember I got one email and then another email. And I mean, I knew that it would all get canceled, but I got three emails like hours apart saying we have to cancel. So sorry, we have to cancel. We have to cancel. And I really, I didn't, everyone was scared at that point. I didn't know what would be. Uh, people were afraid to go out at all. So I, right. I, know, I think you'll remember at the end of March and like you were afraid to even go to the grocery store. Yeah. But then we were afforded a, a pretty, I'd say, a lucky opportunity. Federation CJA needed um, someone to help do cook emergency relief meals uh, to help up vulnerable members of the community. And they asked us to do it. And we really didn't know exactly what we were doing, but I, we, we took it on. We said, sure, we'll, we'll cook uh, ready-to-eat meals that will be delivered to people in the community. They wanted single-serve ready-to-eat meals. So this is something, obviously, you guys went in blind. This is something that you've never you've never uh, done or tested before, right? No, there was no testing. We just dove in head first. I was like jumping into the deep end yeah. and hoped for the best. And again, I always say the reason I, I can do that is because I had so many amazing volunteers there to catch. I mean, they were just, they, they, they I had that people had my back and, and that's how we were able to succeed. Ricky, were you so, there during that, that process as well? So I came on later, I came on in at like at the end of the summer, beginning of fall, more like beginning of September. Um, and like I, like I said, I started off as a volunteer for December, uh, September, October, November, and part a little bit of January. And yep. then at the end of January, I became an employee. I'm gonna put you on the spot. And I know that uh, Eve is right beside you, but Ricky, if there's one thing that, that Eve has, has taught you, uh, what would it be? The one thing that she's probably taught me is that like when 
when people are put together, even if you don't know each other, a lot can get done. A lot can get done. Like no matter, like whether what, like no matter if it's cooking or something else. Like if you just get people together, a lot of things can get done. Eve, I'm going to ask you the same question. What uh, what, what is one thing that, uh, that that Ricky has taught you, or that your that your employees have taught you? They've taught me so much. I have to say, we all are on on a like on a we're all neurodiverse. Every single one of us. And we all interpret and hear things and understand things differently. And there's no one one way. And, and that, that that's really, I've been humbled because I've come to realize that, especially when I'm trying to um, relay recipes or relay how to do things. And then I, I come to realize that it, it's, the way I'm saying it may not be understandable to other people, but then I might not understand the way other people are saying things to me. So there, that there is no, that we're all diverse and we all need things communicated in a way that we understand. Um, I asked this of the, of the last group that I, uh, that we spoke to, um, what advice would you give to uh, business people that are, that are listening right now that are uh, thinking of opening up a, a social enterprise or on the fence, not sure, nervous about it, what would you tell them? Well, I would first of all say, first and foremost, be ready to work very, very, very hard. <laughs> it's, if, it, if it's a social enterprise and not-for-profit social enterprise in any case, um, you're a lean machine. So you have to expect if, if you're the person starting it up or directing it, that you're going to be wearing a lot of hats and that it's it's a lot of juggling. So not a, a, a relaxing job, let's put it that way, mm -hmm. but a very fulfilling job. Certainly the most fulfilling thing I've ever done in my life. Fulfilling and how? So I, you know, when I'm in the thick of things, sometimes I'm, I'm very stressed because there, there, there are a lot of, as I say, a lot of moving pieces. But, you know, when I look back a month or two, behind me and I just go, wow, I'm, I'm blown away at how much we've accomplished, how what we've produced, how many uh, meals we've sent out, how many customers have given us positive uh, feedback. The, the, I, uh, the difference we've made in at this point, six young adults lives. So it's fulfilling when you, you know, take a breath, <laughs> take, take a load off your shoulders for a few minutes, take a deep breath and see what it is you've actually accomplished. When you're in the thick of it, it does seem a little overwhelming and like, how on earth am I ever going to get this done? Like there's, I have a lot of moments where I'm just like, oh, holy, like, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> but um, when I do look back and, 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 you know, look at the results, I'm, I'm very happy. Eve, I know that there's something else you're really proud of in the way employees are trained, right? What's interesting about our work environment or the, the feedback we've gotten from employees that they're happy about is that we have many different tasks. It's not a repetitive, uh, the what wears the home intention might've been a little on the repetitive side. Every week we, we come up with a brand new menu and our employees get to try out a whole bunch of different skills every week. They're not doing the same thing over and over again. Mm, so the range of skills that they're that they're learning and, and honing are, are very wide. Yes. Which is what? Can you give me some examples? Anywhere from washing vegetables and drying them, chopping, um, uh, mixing, mi mixing, going through recipes and mixing salad dressings or mixing ingredients together. There's baking. Um, help me, Ricky. What else do we do? Uh, washing fish. 
wash. All right, so cleaning fish and and, and cutting it right. So washing. I'm gonna stick. Keep that with washing. Oh, dishes. No one. Like, I know Ricky especially doesn't like that, but <laughs> and we have to remind her to do that sometimes. But but um, dishwashing, absolutely. So we have. So, and it's interesting that some people really enjoy loading and unloading the dishwasher. We're, we're lucky to have a, a commercial dishwasher here. So there's loading and unloading dishwashers, wiping things, putting them back, cleaning. So really. Uh, anything that anyone would have to do in a kitchen, they're getting the experience doing. And do they all have to take, does everybody have to take turns with another task? Or if you like a task, you can just stick with that. We try to have people try out different tasks. So uh, Ricky does gravitate towards the baking, but sure. she, but that's on Mondays. And here yeah. today on Tuesday, she was busy. Um, what There's also we like, I also like, like labeling things. Oh, labeling. Things. We forgot packing and labeling. Thank you. Right. Packing and labeling. Ricky also loves to pack and label. <laughs> but um, there today I know we had you uh, uh, brush salmon. Br yeah, brush oil on salmon. We're, we're making a za'atar crusted salmon this afternoon. And so she was oh. helping with that. You've cut and you've juiced lemons, you've cut salads, whatever, whatever needs to be done. Nobody gets away with uh, I can't. Everyone can and everyone does. Do you feel that some of your employees are are trained enough to go into the workforce on, on, on their own after the training that they that they're getting and they got at Sarah? I do. I think that um, there are and I've always I, I always say you know everyone is different. Some will need to always be in a protected work environment, and out of out of our six or seven, there are some that I think with time it, it takes time. Sure. And this is something I, I is one of my goals actually is to make relationships with other um, food industry employers and i do believe that they could be uh, very effective workers um, in other uh, for, for other employers one of the things unfortunately that has happened is you know when i was writing the business plan to get sarah cafe and catering going back in i guess september 2000 what, what would that have been to the to september 2019 one of the arguments i was able to find um, statistics about how many restaurants in montreal couldn't operate as many nights of the week as they wanted to or days of the week because they couldn't find staff, unfortunately, mm. because of the pandemic. Now, there's a, there are a lot of restaurant workers who aren't working or are laid off. So it's not an, uh, an under, uh, it's an underemployed, I guess, industry now. But when things get better and restaurants are back and booming, I think there will be lots of job opportunities that will be available. I hope so. And I think you're right as well. Ricky, I'll ask you the same thing to, to your peers. If any of your peers are, are listening that, um, that want to work, that are shy to step forward, that don't know what to do, what to say, what, what do you tell some of your peers that are thinking of, of working for a social enterprise? A lot of, like, a, like a lot of uh, my, my peers and my friends, they, they, have, they have jobs in, different, in a different kind of field. Right. Um, so I think in their case, they, they're already set in terms of having a job. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, uh, like before the pandemic started, I had gone to LaSalle College to, to finish their nail course, okay. like their hand, hand and feet course. So okay. I think when this is all over, like all, like like at the moment, I'm still trying to find uh, jobs like in salons and places like that. So I think, like I would go more towards like the salon sort of approach, where I can sort of communicate with with people more openly uh, when this is all over. Nice. I like being around people, right? It's relationships. Yeah. And people that, that, yeah. That Eva, I, I wanted to to ask you, and I usually ask this of all our guests in 2021. 
Uh, we've come, you know, leaps and bounds in, in many aspects of society, but do you feel uh, that we've become a more inclusive society? I think so, um, only because of, I guess, I guess what I've been doing over the last year. So for over a year, I've been uh, privy to the to, to groups of, of um, to organizations and groups that make inclusion their business, that makes that make inclusion their priority. I've, I've been exposed to to a lot of it. As, 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 for example, Delami. I know that you you spoke to Delami Bakery and uh, Promo Twenty One is another organization that I've been mm -hmm. consulting with Martin Gould, who, who started a printing company. Uh, and I also am uh, spending time through Federation CJA with their uh, director of inclusion, Carly Goodman. So I'm, I, I was involved with Jewish Disability and Integration Month, which just uh, ended, I guess, on Sunday <laughs> when, yeah. when it was there. So I, I'm sensing that. What I else do we need to do? What else do you mean? It, I, I get the sense sometimes that we're not, uh, it, it's, it's always a work in progress and, uh, and we, we are, we're always striving for better, always striving for more, uh, to be more perfect. What, what else, what other small steps do we need to do uh, as a collective society, as a community, to be more inclusive. So I get, well, as I was saying, in my little bubble, it, it things are yeah, sure, it's hunky dory. There, there's include people are being inclusive, but I, I'm sure that that's not the case overall. I'm hoping that the pandemic has given people a new perspective because you know what, the pandemic has shown people what it's like to be socially isolated. Absolutely. Neuro, what we would call neurotypical young adults. I have four young adult children. Are have been stuck at home for the last year. You know, doing everything through their computer screens, uh, missing their friends. So, what needs to be done is for people to become sensitized, to be aware, and we just need to uh, to, to recognize that there is definitely a, an issue, a problem. I think people maybe have a better sense of what that feels, how that feels now that they've all been privy to it. And, uh, and we have to do better. We have to include people in at employment, in socialization, in housing, and on and on. Ricky, what's the best thing or your, your the favorite thing that you've baked or made since you joined Zara? I think we, we yesterday we made these Cherry Garcia cakes. Ooh, um, what's in that? It, it it's like it's like a like a cake batter and yeah. then you put chocolate chips and like cherry pie filling and then sort of cover it a little bit uh it it looks like a like a like a like a cherry cake almost with filling that sounds awesome so so that's 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 one of the the good things we make here. That's one of your favorites. Awesome. Love it. So Eve, what do you see next for Zara Cafe? So um, I see us trying, we're, we're very happily installed here at the Shari Zion Synagogue, but we, because you, as you say, the pandemic will hopefully live soon, they're going to need their wedding hall back. So we are currently looking for a new place to work out of our own place. That's street level, as opposed to down a fleet, uh, down a flight of stairs where we can see the outside. Um, so that that's really the next big step: getting our own place, growing the the business. Hopefully, if so, if there's an ability to have more people in the kitchen at the same time, so hiring more people and being able to to have more people working at the same time would be great. Um, and uh, just grow. We we just we want to grow. We want to. We think that we haven't done any marketing. As a matter of fact, our, our only marketing has been to a an email list that was mostly my personal contacts and people who'd ever emailed me 
and uh, we have not done any marketing because we've grown organically very, very slowly. Uh, and I, I do believe that if we did some sort of a marketing effort, our sales would double, triple, quadruple, if only we tried. And uh, we will try when we have the capacity. Okay, so if anybody's listening now and they're, they're, they're thinking that they could help, how could they get in touch? They can give me a call. My phone number is 514-862-1220. They can call or text, either one. Okay, amazing. Remind me of the website where people can get on and see. Do you have a menu on the website? How can people order? So we do have a menu on the website. As I say, it's, it's open from Wednesday night till, till Monday afternoon, and it's www.zeracafe.ca. So Z-E-R-A-C-A-F-E.ca. All right. Thank you both for joining us on this chat. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the Inspiration News Podcast with Mark Bergman. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast and the English Montreal School Board Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.